Welcome. I'm E.G. Marshall. ...for this group of scouting irregulars who assemble here to explore the mysterious terrain of the imagination. I only regret, said Nathan Hale, that I have but one life to give for my country. But how did he know? How do any of us know? Who can say for certain how many times we are destined to live? This brief span, this tiny flicker, this feeble shout... Can this be all? For all eternity? There must be more to it. Or is there? Our mystery drama, The Angels of Devil's Mountain, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dan and stars Warren Stevens. It is sponsored in part by... Donald K. Farlow drives through the summery Connecticut countryside. Donald K. Farlow, at 41, is scarcely five pounds heavier than he was 20 years ago when he was named All-Ivy League running back. Of course, he has some silver in his hair, which is neither as thick nor as luxuriant as it used to be. His chin seems somewhat heavier, but all in all, time has been kind. At this moment... Donald seems to have a problem. He feels a nagging little pain in the region of his heart. Nothing serious or unbearable, but uh, it persists. And when Donald sees the sign that says motel, he decides to do the sensible thing. Do you have a reservation, Mr... Uh, Farlow. Uh, no, I don't. Well, it, it doesn't matter. Put you up anyhow. These days, nobody's turning away business. How long you plan on staying with us? Oh, I, uh... I don't know. I, I just don't know. Uh, Miss, uh, Miss... Uh, that's Mrs. Collins. My husband, Harry, that is, my late husband, Harry, bought this place, and May I... May I ask you something, Mrs. Collins? Why are you staring at me? Am I staring? Well, I probably the am. The reason I ask is... That's so obvious. Oh, that bad, huh? Well, the, the minute you walked in through the front door and approached the desk, I was all set to say, hi, how you doing? The, the way you greet someone you know. Oh, do I look like someone you know? Oh, yes, definitely. Who? Well, I don't know. And yet, your face is so familiar. Well, I've never been in this area before. But could you be someone I, I might have seen on the TV? Oh, no. I mean, you're not a star or somebody in a commercial or something like that? No, nothing like that. Or a celebrity? Hardly. I've seen you. I know I've seen you. Well, it'll come to me sooner or later. We'll put you in room 124. That's uh, just around to your right. Uh, uh, oh, you... Thank you. Are you okay, Miss Farlow? Uh, <clears throat> yes. Uh, yes, I'm all right. Well, you, you look as if something's bothering you. No, I, uh, I'm fine. I'm just fine. Marvin, uh, you finished at the pool yet? How can I finish when you call me every 15 seconds to ask me something? Marvin, a, a man just checked in, room 124. Now, what I want you to do is go... Go there. Why? Well, just take up an excuse. Say, say you want to make sure the air conditioning's okay. What for? Marvin, that man's killing me. What? I mean, I, I'm, I'm just dying. He reminded me of somebody, and I just can't place him. You know something... 
You got all together too much curiosity to run a motel. Marvin, it'll just take you a second or two. Go to his room and see who he reminds you of. Daddy? You seen him? Yeah. Well? I tell you something, Daddy, that... That man is familiar. I mean, he's really familiar. Oh, I know, I know, but why? He's a spitting image of... Who? Who? I don't know who, but I've seen him. I know him from somewhere. No. You see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I know that guy. Well? He looks the same age as me. We, we might have been in the service together. Maybe he was somebody I knew in Korea. Then why should he look familiar to me? Oh, yeah, yeah. See what you mean. But I'm positive the I'm positive the army's got something to do with it. What do you mean, the army? Well, I don't know. It's just that I, I look at this guy, and for some reason, I just think of the army. Well, maybe he's in the army, and for some reason, his picture's been here in the paper. No, no, I never saw his picture in the paper, but... Hey, now that you say picture, I... I did see it someplace. You sure, Marvin? I'm not sure of nothing. All I know is the guy looks familiar, and I, I just can't place him. Well, take another good look. He's headed toward the desk now. Oh. Well... Hello there, Mr. Farlow. Uh, do you do you have a doctor nearby? Doctor? Oh, Mr. Farlow, something's wrong. I knew it. Well, it's, uh, I don't think it's serious. Well, if you're sick, you come to the right place. We've got Devil's Mount Memorial Hospital here with the finest hospital What's in the What's the matter, Mr. Farlow? I I think perhaps it might be wise for me to check in It's with your heart. It. It's your heart, isn't it? I can tell by that look on your face. Marvin, you bring that station wagon around to the front. <laughs> happy to be able to tell you, Mr. Farlow, that we can find nothing, but absolutely nothing out of the way. Your cardiogram is completely normal. Oh, that's a relief. Pressure, respiration, heartbeat. We just aren't able to find anything. And yet you have this pain. Yes, Doctor. That's why I stopped here, in this town. Mm -hmm. Originally, I was going to... Tell me, do you have any cardiac history? No, sir, not that I know of. And the pain? Describe the pain. Well, it doesn't seem to be the kind of pain that, well, that I've been told to associate with a heart attack. Mm -hmm. Just more of a, a stabbing pain, as if, well, as if I'd been stabbed. Mm, Doctor. Uh, yes? Doctor, why are you staring at me? Uh, I wasn't aware that I was. Well, you are. Why, well, you still are. Uh, well, let me tell you something else. Everybody... Everybody in this town has been staring at me. Everybody? Yes. Well, what do you mean by everybody? Everybody I've met. First, the lady who runs the motel. Dottie Collins. Yes, and, and the fellow who seems to be the handyman. He actually knocked on my door on some pretext just to look at me. Are you sure? And then the, the technician right here, the one who gave me the cardiogram. She kept staring at me. It must be your imagination. Is it? Do I imagine that you're staring at me now? Mr. Farlow, haven't we met before? I couldn't say so. You look so familiar to me. Well, you don't appear at all familiar to I me. I know you from somewhere. Well, this entire town, it seems, knows me from somewhere. But no one can say exactly where. Now, look, I've done nothing that would call me to public attention. Certainly not up here. I'm not a famous mm -hmm. person. You've never been up this way before. I've only been in the state of Connecticut twice. And each time was more than 20 years ago. 
It was when Pennsylvania played Yale at the bowl. Mm-hmm. Well, was your picture in the local papers at the time? I don't even remember. Now, are you telling me that people would recall a college football game of more than well, two decades ago? In the face of a visiting player? No, Mr. Farlow, I, I'm only trying to create a basis of reality for what seems so mysterious. Well, and that little girl who took my cardiogram, she, she probably wasn't even born at the time. I know, I know. Well, what's the difference whether or not I remind you of someone? Oh, none, really. What does it all have to do with what's wrong with me? Nothing, except, Mr. Farlow, we can't find anything at all that's wrong with you. Well, then... Why do I have this pain in my heart? Your heart is absolutely sound. How can you say that? I have a pain here that, that increases. It seems to increase in severity. It just keeps getting worse. Uh, look, Dr. Steinberg, you remember the elderly white-haired gentleman who examined you? As did Dr. Higgins and Dr. Summers. Uh, we, we can call in other specialists, but you won't find better men anywhere. And all of them say that you are normal. But something is wrong. I feel it. Why do I have this terrible pain in my heart? Suppose you answer this. Do you need a heart attack? What? I don't believe I heard that. Do I need a heart attack? Why, why would anyone need a heart attack? It might come in handy. Handy? Handy for what? A man will sometimes find himself in what might be described as an intolerable situation. He cannot face it. He cannot fight it. And yet, it will not go away. And so he seeks the haven, the protection of a serious illness. Why do you tell this to me? Mr. Farlow, tell me, are you presently in some sort of intolerable situation? Doctor, I don't see that that is any concern of yours. A physician cannot treat an isolated part of his patient. He must consider the health of the entire human being. And I can find no physical basis for your pain. I've never felt it before. I never even knew what it was to be sick. And then yesterday morning, I was driving along the highway. I passed the sign, that, the, the one that said, uh, Welcome to Devil's Mountain. I remember because I asked myself, what kind of name is that, Devil's Mountain? And then there was a stab of pain, as if, well, as if I'd been shot through the heart. And it just won't go away. Well, the only thing I can say for you to do right now is just rest. What is wrong with me, Doctor? I don't know. And what's wrong with all of you in this place? Why do you all stare at me as if I'm someone you know? You don't know me. None of you knows me. Mr. Fowler, could you give me the name of your doctor in Philadelphia? No. But a discussion with a medical man who knows of your... I don't have a doctor in Philadelphia or anywhere else. Well, surely you must have I've never been sick a day in my life. You must have gone in for checkups. Why? I've always been in top shape. Oh, uh, all right. Once again, I must ask you, Mr. Fowler, are you facing a desperate or even a serious problem? And what if I am? That could very well be what's causing the pain in your chest. Well, my problem is that a company I've devoted my life to building up is now... Well, it's going to go under. Why? 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 Well, I'll tell you why. You can't fight City Hall. You can't fight government regulations. You can't fight the new contract demands, tight money. You, you just can't do it, that's all. But nobody wants to understand that. Who doesn't want to understand that? Who? Partners, my son. Could that be why you suddenly developed this pain in your chest? To get out of a fight? But I don't have to justify what I do to anybody. But you've got to do something about this pain. And you will have to help. Try to relax and get some sleep. Well, 
Hi there, Doc. Hi. Medical Society lunch is in the Yankee room. Yeah. Uh, try the bean soup. Oh, I will. Oh, uh, by the by, that, that fellow we brought over to the hospital yesterday? Yes. He looked familiar to you, too? Yes, he certainly did. I just can't place him. Yeah. Had me going all day and most of the night. But finally, I knew where I'd seen him before. You did? Mm-hmm. You know what gave it away, finally? That oh. pain in his chest. How could it? Think, Doc, think. Well, think of that pain. And then you'll know where you've seen him before. Uh-huh. Come on, Doc. Just think. And while the doctor is thinking, we shall just steal away for a few seconds so that you can do some thinking, too. True, you don't have all the facts, but you do have enough to make an educated guess. Meanwhile, be inspired by the following words of wisdom, and before you know it, I shall return with Act Two. You see a face in the crowd. It's the face of no one you ever met, and yet you know that face. But why? Yes, you have seen it before, but where? If only you had a hint, a clue. To the folks in the town of Devil's Mountain, Donald Farlow's is such a face. It's the face of a complete stranger, but why is it so familiar? You say you know where we've all seen Mr. Farlow before, Dottie? Yeah, yeah, it finally came to me. Well, tell me. It was the pain in the chest that did it. Funny, all of us have been looking at that face for years. Where? I can't tell you. I'd have to show you. Let's go. That is, if you're curious enough to miss lunch. I'm curious enough to miss your special bean soup, so you better have the goods. Well, Doc, we're here. Here? Right in here is where you'll find your answer. In the Devil's Mountain Revolutionary War Museum. Come on. Well? You mean by this time you don't know? Oh, you're overdue. You surely should have caught on by now. Well, I don't see anything that would remind me. What's the pride and joy of our memorial museum, Doc? The most valuable thing we got. Wait. That's right. You're looking square at it. That big painting said to be by Charles Wilson Peale. The women. The women of Devil's Mountain. Or the full title. The women of Devil's Mountain tending the wounded on the field of battle. And that fellow. Smack in the middle of the picture. Die. It's like the whole picture is built right around it him. It does look like Donald Farlow. Looks like, Doc. It's him. It's one face. That's remarkable. He's lying there. And this woman is holding him in his arms. Oh, no wonder Marvin said this fellow reminded him of the army. It was the Revolutionary Army. You can be so familiar with something, but if you encounter it outside its everyday surroundings... And the pain in the chest. Uh-huh. Now, that should have given it away right off. <laughs> He's been shot or stabbed. See, see, see how his hand is, is pressed against his chest? Yes. And how the, how the blood is trickling through the, the fingers? resemblance, it's, it's uncanny. Resemblance? Doc, it's the same face. Now, look at the hair. It's black. Uh-huh. But with strands of gray in exactly the same places. Well. Well, what? There's the same dimple on the chin. Uh, it could be coincidence. Doc, it's him. It can't be. Why not? Because this picture was painted some 200 years ago. Everything about the painting, the face, 
Even the... When I look again, there's a birthmark just on the side of his left eye. Dottie, what are you trying to say? If you could even imagine what I'd like to say, you'd decide maybe I'd better be put away. Oh, no. Go on, say it anyhow. Oh, Mr. Farlow is the soldier in that painting. Hmm. How is that possible? Even if that soldier survived his wound, he'd still be dead for more than a century and a half. Well, I don't know how it's possible. I'm just telling you what I think. Oh, look at the face. He's the same soldier. Uh, are you telling me he's the reincarnation of the soldier in the painting? I don't know anything about all that, and I couldn't care less. All I'm saying is, he's the same soldier. Now, don't ask me how or why. And when he drove through here, something came over him, and he... He felt that terrible pain again. Uh, I'm afraid I couldn't accept that diagnosis. Okay. It's your turn. How do you account for it? I'm afraid I can't. Hello there. Oh, it's Mrs... Uh, Dottie Collins. You remember me. I, I own the motel. Yes. And were you very kind? Well, I thought I'd drop around to see how you feel. I'm afraid I I don't feel any better. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. What does the doctor say? Well, the long and short of it seems to be that the, the pain is psychosomatic. Well, well why, why should that be? Oh. oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to pry. Oh, that's all right. No, it's not all right. I'm sure it's something highly personal. One thing we pride ourselves on around here... We respect the next fellow's privacy. And yet, I feel I can talk to you. I don't know why. I, I'm not the kind of man who talks to strangers about personal things. I don't usually talk to strangers at all. But somehow I feel that we're not strangers. But I know we've, we've never met. Must be something about, about this place. I, I just can't explain it or understand it. Everybody thinks I look like somebody they know. I have this terrible pain that baffles the doctors. Well, no, it doesn't. They claim I've got it because I'm running away. What are you running away from? A fight. You don't look like that kind to me. Well, this, this is a fight I can't win. Why? Because I'm up against too much money, too much power. Besides, I, I don't have to fight, you see... I could sell out to this big company and take a job with them. That'd be the smartest thing I could do. Why? Well, my own future would be assured. I wouldn't have to worry about debts or loans. I could save the jobs of maybe a hundred men in the long run. Besides, I wouldn't have to work so hard. Well, tell me what's wrong with all that. Well, nothing, really. Except that I could no longer call my soul my own. And that's why you've got this pain? Oh, there's a lot of medical jargon surrounding it, but I guess that's what it all boils down to. So how can you get rid of it? Well, the way I'm going, I'll never get rid of it because, well, I get used to it. After a while, I won't even notice it. So I intend to leave here this afternoon, go home and sign the agreement. Of course, there could be another reason why it hurts. no. The doctors have just about ruled out everything that might... You remember everyone stared at you? As if we all thought we knew you? Yes, and I'd like to know why. Well, it's because we do know you. 
You what? Everyone in this town. We've known you all our lives. Are you sure you're not all crazy? Yes, I'm sure. All of us who were born here and went to school here. We met you for the very first time when when we were little kids. I wish I knew what you were talking about. The hero of Devil's Mountain. Look, uh, are you all right? Well, why do you ask? Why do I ask? Uh, do you realize what you're saying? How could I be the hero of whatever it is? Well, I may sound a little bit crazy, but that's only because I'm saying... Okay, I, I admit it sounds strange, but I'm sane. I'm sound. Ask anyone in town about me. Now, just exactly what are you trying to tell me? Can you come with me? Can you leave here? Well, yes, but where are you going to... I want you to meet someone. Who? I want you to meet yourself. Look at him. And here, here's my mirror. And look at yourself. Look at your own face. Now. Now what do you say? Well, it's you. The soldier in that painting is you. And the pain you feel is his pain. Your pain. All right. I can't prove it. But I don't have to prove it. The things we really know are all past proving anyhow. There couldn't be two faces like that in all the world, in all of eternity. You have to be the same. The women. The women of Devil's Mountain. No. No, they're angels. They're the angels of Devil's Mountain. The angels? That's what I told Mr. Peel. Mr. Charles Wilson Peel. But I suppose he thought angels and devils couldn't go together. Mr. Farlow. Farlow. Who, who is Mr. Farlow? Oh, m m maybe you'd better sit down. They're angels. All of them are angels. You see? You yeah. see? Yeah, I see. Now, now, you just sit there on this bench. And uh, could I get you a glass of water? See? They've come out on the field. But the British artillery is still firing. And, and see? See how I've fallen. I I've fallen in the fight. I, I took a bayonet through the chest. I... But this one, this, this angel, she knelt beside me and... She held me in her arms. Mr. Farlow. I'm dying. No, no, don't say that. You, you, you'll be all right. But I, I don't regret it. It's, it's so much better to die in battle than, than to die of shame. Oh, please, try to... I, I must I must tell this to someone. I must. Now, now listen to me. Now listen. At, at first I said, no, never. Every day, someone else would march through the village. And it was always the same hey, thing. Hey, 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 Colonel Josiah Hepburn is organizing a trip of light cavalry to fight the British tyrants. All able-bodied men. Cavalry, uh, artillery, infantry. Everybody wanted us to. Wanted us to enlist, to volunteer. Mr. Farlow, I, I think I'd better get you back to the hospital. Hospital? Oh, no. No, no, you don't know what it's like in a hospital, ma'am. The dirt, the screams, the... Oh, the poor devils, how, how we die one by one. No, you, you, you just hold me, huh? I'll be all right. You just hold on to me. Drums, I guess. Drums. It's funny. No matter how smart a man is, he, he can't hold out forever against the drums. Please, don't talk. It's because the beat of the drums is, is like the beat of your heart. And sooner or later, it becomes the beat of your heart. I held out against the drums. I held out longer than anyone else. I, I held out. Oh, 
Here I am, Jeb. I done it, Pa. I went and done it. I see. I see the feather in your hat. I'm going to ride with Heffern's cavalry. Oh, the British are right. He stuck a feather in his hat and called it macaroni. Now, Pa, you're 17 years old. I'm old enough to fight, sir. But you're too young to die. Now, who's been filling your head with such nonsense? It ain't nonsense, Pa. You're damn right it ain't. It's treason. I don't recognize the authority of the King of England. Well, now listen. Listen to this bunch of plowboys who are now going to ride their horses instead of following them. Pa, I know you don't hold with... Hold with, with independence, but I wouldn't be so free with with my mouth. No, no, Pa, I, I tend no disrespect. In other words, mouth. That that would be smartest. It's, it's just getting so that a, a man has got to choose. Choose betwixt what? Well, you know, Pa, if you're for the crown, you, you better make plans to leave. If you're for independence, you better enlist. That's the choice? Yes, sir. you got to choose one or the other. What do you say? What do I say? I say that... Well, I say those words William Shakespeare said. I say the truest words ever spoken. A plague on both your houses. And for some reason, a Revolutionary War painting has become painfully alive for Donald K. Philo. Suddenly, he is back there in those troubled and turbulent times. And from what we have just heard, he doesn't seem to be in tune with those times, either. Well, the time has come for us to listen to some sage words of advice. And then I shall return with Act Three. The following thing... ...businessmen who handle everything themselves. Ten phone calls, they've got ten important letters out to any parts of the country. I think it makes your business more efficient. Well, what about the cost? For a few dollars, I can have the mailgram sent and a copy sent to me. The mailgram is definitely a value. It gives me additional time for other work. I've been talking with Harry O'Dell, one of many small businessmen who have discovered the convenience of mailgram. It's easy to send a mailgram. Just call Western Union's toll-free 800 number anytime, day or night. Mailgram. Impact of a telegram at a fraction of the cost. According to Mr. Henry David Thoreau, it is permissible for a man to march to the beat of his own drummer. However, this is never true during wartime. Then everyone must listen to one drummer only, and that is the drummer who sets the beat for the armed forces. Mr. Donald K. Farlow has suddenly found himself back in our revolutionary struggle and completely at odds with the popular opinion of the day. Well, Pa, maybe you don't have to enlist. Maybe you're too old. I'm not too old, Jeb. I'm only 40. Well, what I'm trying to say is, Pa, nobody really has the right to expect you to join up. And so if I keep my mouth shut, maybe nobody will notice. Is that it? Well, yes, Pa. Well, I never kept my mouth shut in my whole life. I ain't going to start now either. Pa, you, you, you'd better do something. Are you be... threatening me, son? Has this revolutionary nonsense driven the Bible's teachings from your head? Honor thy father, remember? Pa, I'm, I'm only telling you that... The diplomatic thing to do. I'm too old to be a diplomat, Jeb. I'm riding off early in the morning with Hepburn's cavalry. Give me your blessing, sir. I can't. Huh? Oh, yes, I could hold my hands over your head and, and bless your mission. But it'd be a lie, because I don't believe in it. All right, Pa, I, I understand. I'll do the best I can without it. Oh. 
Good evening, Mr. Porter. Good evening, sir. May I have a mug of ale? Well, certainly, sir. Didn't know you served red coats here, Abby. You ain't a red cow, he's a sand cow. Somebody get a rope. That's right. Why doesn't somebody get a rope? There's but one of me and six or eight of you. Those are just about the safest odds, ain't they? Hey, you skulking, cowardly scum. I notice you won't try to hang me one at a time. There ain't going to be no hanging at all. Now, gentlemen, I must ask of all you to behave yourselves. It's my business to dispense hospitality to all who seek it. Here we are neither Yankee nor Tory. Ah, <laughs> remember the proverb. All men are alike in the sight of God and a tavern keeper. <laughs> I won't drink with no trees. I'm sorry, Mr. Porter. Maybe maybe I shouldn't come in here anymore. Well, why not? I'm driving away your trade. Tavern vagabonds. You don't notice them going off to fight. Not by a long shot. Well, it's not just the town loafers, ma'am. I'm not popular anywhere. No, I guess not. I can't help it. I'm a man who has to speak his mind. Men, I wonder why all of you think it's so important to say what you think. Now, look at us women. We never say a word, and we're happier for it. I only ask to be left in peace. Well, I might recommend you try to go spend some time in New York or Philadelphia. You do? Why? Well, because those are Tory cities. The British still hold them. And your views would be more in keeping with the popular sentiments. I won't be driven away from my land. I'm speaking frankly, sir. Do you know why you ain't been hung or jailed or tarred and feathered and ridden on a rail? Because of your son. Because of Jeb. Because he's a trooper with Hepburn's cavalry. Nobody wants to break that lad's heart. My son has caught the popular madness. Why do you call it madness? Because no better word describes it. This motley collection of... Country bumpkins. Yes, Mistress Porter, that's all we are. Provincials, rustics. That's how the British see us. We're a joke to them. Then they must be laughing with tears in their eyes. We bled them pretty bad at Breed's Hill up in Boston. And look what Ethan Allen and his boys have done. And our own Israel Putnam. Oh, but soon they'll begin to take us seriously. And then the ball will be over. Their invincible fleet will strangle us with a brocade. I must say, sir, you do take a dim view. I take a realistic view. And who needed this war? Hotheads in Boston? Slave owners in Virginia? Oh, now you know there's more to it than that. What more? We could have lived in peace. This nonsense about taxation without representation. The average person doesn't have the right to vote in Great Britain either. And what do we want to vote for anyhow? What, what does it matter what, what scoundrel has chosen to loot the public treasury and misgovern the country? It matters because we have the right to choose him and turn him out. I don't think it's a right worth dying for. It's the principle of the thing. Principles. <laughs> My principle is to be let alone, to live in peace, not to provoke a war which cannot be won. Why do you insist we can't win? Because the odds are against us. Common sense is against us. Reality is against us. The overwhelming weight of men, money, ships, guns, they're all against us. Oh, I agree. Well, then why do you support this insane enterprise? I, I agree that the odds are against us, but I insist we can win. Why? Because we must... Even in the face of yes, all... Yes, even in the face of all your overwhelming odds. And I should like to ask you, sir, why are you opposed to the cause of independence? I told you why. First, I would rather live in peace. Second, we have no chance of obtaining... Are you, are you sure there isn't a third reason? What's that? You're afraid to fight. Madam, I can assure you no man could ever say that to me. Oh, I don't mean that kind of fight. A fight that proves nothing, settles nothing... 
I mean the fight for human freedom. I'm free now. Slavery isn't all bad. There are pleasant forms of it, too. The life we led here was in many ways the life of a slave. We were told what to do, what to raise, what to manufacture, what to buy, what to sell. We were plagued by restrictions, limits, boundaries. Everything was at the pleasure of a king and his tyrannical minister. I could live with it. Well, it takes all kinds. I guess maybe it does. Whoa, whoa there. Good morning, Reverend. Morning. I see you're packed for a journey. That's so. Come in, rest a while. Have a bite. I can't. Have no time. See, the British are sending a raiding party all through the valley. Here? Our valley? Yeah. Do a little burning and killing. So most of the town's moving out. Heading north to Boston. But why? Well, as they say, we're a hotbed of rebel sentiment here. And we're to be taught a lesson. I don't think you've got too much to worry about, though. Why? Why do you say that? Well, you're known as a supporter of the king. But I am not a supporter of the king. I don't support anyone in this madness. But even if that's so, you can't call what folk devoutly believe in madness. And you know how it is in time of war. You're not with us. You're against us. So, we are about to reap the whirlwind. I've got to be moving on. As I say, I don't think you're in any danger. They'll sweep through here like savages. They'll, they'll carry off all the livestock. They'll loot and they'll burn the houses and barns. Uh, but not yours. Timmons. My neighbor by the creek and Sanderson over at the edge of the woods. They're, they're off with Jeb, fighting with Jeb down south with Hepburn's cavalry. I suppose those are the fortunes of war. These men are my neighbors. I could never face them again. They return to find the labor of a lifetime destroyed while everything that belongs to me still flourishes. I, I could never face my own son. It's too late now. They outnumber us, you know. They always outnumbered us. Reverend, the village of Devil's Mountain will fight. We ain't got no soldiers. We never had soldiers. Who are we, anyhow? We're just farmers and shopkeepers, artisans and clerks. Now, who's our commander-in-chief? He's just a, a planter from Virginia. Reverend, the war is here. in your farms to be gutted, looted, burned to the ground. I intend to march to the South Meadow, take cover at the edge of the woods, and when they come up the road, we can hit them in the flank. We can turn them away. I intend to fight. Now, who's going to follow me? No one, huh? All right, I'll fight alone. Will you let him go on alone? Will you? What kind of men are you? You there with the drums, strike off a march. Suddenly, caught me with it, bayonet. Here, Parson, let me hold him. What are you ladies doing here? There are wounded men, Reverend. But the British may attack again. Reverend, don't let the men 
this burst for Form them up again. Right, I will. And see that they have enough ammunition. I'll try. Don't try to talk. You'll be all right. I'll try to stop the bleeding. Uh, up. Just lie still. Uh, who, who are you? You know who I am. You must be an angel. Oh, it hurts, doesn't it? Oh, it's all right. You must be an angel. What's an angel doing on Devil's Mountain? I'm not afraid to die. You, you won't die. Uh, better to die this way. The other way, I, I could have stayed home. And I, I'd have died of shame. You won't die. You, you'll heal. See? The blood isn't flowing so quickly. Uh, you'll live to fight again. Yeah, I'll live. I'll fight again. I'll never stop fighting for, for what belongs to me. I'll fight. Never, never stop fighting. Whatever they, they have lined up against you, never stop fighting. They won't take away my factory. It's mine. It belongs to me. What? What am I saying? Are you all right, Mr. Farlow? Yes. Yes, I'm all right. Well, you look better. Better than what? Be better than you did before. Excuse me, ma'am. What am I doing here? Well, uh, you, you weren't feeling so good. I wasn't? And and you stopped off at the Devil's Mountain Motel. How does it happen I can't remember any of this? Well, you had a... Well, a, a bad pain in your heart. I don't think I've ever had a bad pain in my life. The doctor would call it empathy, I think. Empathy? For whom? Well, uh, that wounded soldier in the painting... You know, I, I do think there's a slight resemblance. Well, I guess, uh, I guess I've been working too hard. Huh? I've been quite worried. And what I did was, well, I must have been tired. I stopped at the motel and just passed out. Are you sure you're all right now? Oh yes, positive. I have to get back home at once. I've got a lot to do. Funny, I never passed out before, and I don't remember coming here either. How did I get here? Well, the the doctor thought a little walk might be good therapy. Well, it certainly was. I'm I'm feeling just great. I'm much obliged to you. <laughs> well, what's funny? Well, it's not funny. Those women in the pictures, see? See how they're helping the wounded? Well, you're keeping the tradition alive. You helped me. Yeah, that's a beautiful painting. It's called The Angels of Devil's Mountain Tending the Wounded. Well, why do you say angels? It reads women... Oh, no, no. That's a mistake. It should be angels. And he ought to know. Did he recover as the revolutionary soldier and marry Mistress Porter? We don't know. We don't even know if he married Dottie. All we know is the tale we told you. You notice, both ladies were innkeepers. Or were they the same lady? Nothing should stop you from providing a romantic ending if you think you want one. And I shall be back in just a few moments. We're all a little leery of the dark. That's why some lonely night, you'll be glad you bought a Delco battery. A Delco quality battery with instant starting power. Delco batteries. Some lonely night, you'll be glad you bought one. 
S.E.T. Automotive Warehouse carries the largest selection of auto parts in the New Jersey area. If you are a jobber or wagon jobber, call Sherry Terstein at 201-567-6270. How long has it been since your car had a tune-up? If it's been too long, it could cost you money. Money for gas now, money for expensive repairs later. Save yourself some money with a tune-up at your Long Island Oldsmobile dealer. The dealer who handles quality A.C. Delco parts and is known all over the island for service reliability. Drive in soon to your Long Island Oldsmobile Network dealer for a tune-up with A.C. spark plugs and Delco points and condensers. Your Lion dealer in Rockville Center is John J. Hayes. And in Woodbury, it's town and country. Have you ever been to the races? Why not pick out a lovely fall day and give yourself a half-day vacation? At beautiful Belmont Park, you don't have to bet to have a wonderful time at the races. You can relax out on the grass under the trees, eat some fried chicken, corn on the cob, or treat yourself to a luscious banana split. All that plus the most exciting sport in the world, thoroughbred horse racing. First race at 1.30 p.m. at beautiful Belmont Park. Every day except Tuesday. That word from the New York Racing Association. celebrating the bicentennial of our great country, and how wonderful it would be if, in addition to donning the clothes and shouting the slogans of our ancestors, we found the heart, the beating heart of their dedication, the soul and the spirit of their devotion. Well, we work a great deal with the spirit on this program, and we can infuse you with it seven times each week. Our cast included Warren Stevens, Anne Seymour, James McCallion, and Barry Kroger. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. Radio Mystery Theater was sponsored in part by Buick Motor Division and Anheuser-Busch Incorporated, Brewers of Budweiser. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams. <laughs>